We are talking about periods, sex, and everything in between. It's all very educational, and I would recommend this to anyone who menstruates or is close to someone who menstruates. But I also understand this topic can be squeamish for some, so if you're one of those people, please check out one of our other 30-some episodes. The day before Christmas break was a write-off in my high school. We would spend the day eating pancakes with Santa, quarreling through the halls for music class, and line dancing in our PJs for gym class. That was also the day I got my first period. Like most women, you do what you can, and you get through the rest of your day without letting anyone know that you're bleeding. I was always grateful that my PMS and period symptoms were mild compared to the horror stories that I hear. When I see the period stimulator they place on men and women see their reactions, I wonder if my reactions would be more similar to the males. When I entered my 30s, it felt like a switch flipped. I was more emotional, I would get lower back pain, and would love nothing more than to curl up in a ball on those first few days. What changed? I thought my period was supposed to be the same until menopause. Welcome to Self-Help Junkie, the podcast where we explore the world of personal development through the eyes of book enthusiasts. I'm your host, Eric Ng, a communication coach and your resident bookworm. This is the last episode of the season. We've been focusing on developing our romantic skills, but I feel like we've gotten a pretty solid coverage on the topic. With the new year coming up, I'll be taking a break, but coming back with a new season. I'll tell you more at the end of the episode. But for now, before we dive into the conversation with our guests, let's get a one-minute summary of the book. Period Power by Maisie Hill is a transformative book that delves into understanding and harnessing the power of menstrual cycles. She divides menstrual cycles into four phases, likening it to seasons. Winter is the period of menstruation. Spring, where you experience a rising of estrogen after the period. Summer is ovulation and the decline of estrogen. And autumn being your PMS time, rising progesterone. Hill explains how hormones influence physical and emotional states during these phases and offers guidance to optimizing relationships, work, creativity, and fitness throughout the cycle. Even though your cycle can intensify mental health issues, it can also provide moments of relief and tracking your cycle will allow you to make the most of them. The information presented is invaluable for anyone who menstruates, shedding light on how hormones affect mood, self-esteem, and energy on a weekly basis. Hill emphasizes the impact of hormonal birth control on menstrual cycles and offers practical advice for tracking your cycle. I learned that hormonal birth control not only thins your uterine lining after prolonged use, making it harder to conceive, but it also decreases the volume of your clitoris. What? This is a must read for anyone who's around vaginas. And with that, let's dive in. Today, I have on Caitlin Vincent, a passionate sexual empowerment coach and the founder of You Go Girlfriend. With a focus on intimate topics and self-confidence and relationships, Caitlin creates a safe space for open conversation and self-discovery. As the driving force behind You Go Bro, she's also dedicated to supporting men's mental health, tackling anxiety, and building confidence. Caitlin believes in holistic well-being and connecting with the subconscious mindset and embracing energies of femininity and masculinity. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I absolutely love hearing that. And it's just, it's really cool to create this space for people. And I'm just so Mm -hmm. excited to be on this podcast. So thank you for having me. Of course. And I wanted to start off with getting to know you a little bit better. We're going to be talking about periods this entire time. And I wanted to know for your own personal journey with your period? Like if you think back to when you were a teenager to when you were in your twenties and like, how has that evolved for you personally over time? 
Yeah. I think, and so many people can vouch for this. When you were a teenager, no one was really there for you when it comes to understanding mm-hmm. it, to really make you feel seen for what it is when, when it comes to that puberty time. And what I noticed is when I was teaching and I was helping high school girls and they were really, you know, overwhelming with the questions mm-hmm. and they were just so caught up in their own mindset. And I thought, wow, this is terrible that it's still happening now. Right. And so I really wanted to remove the taboo and the shame around it and actually give women that voice of being able to connect deeply and also understanding it from a feminine lens because I will hand on heart say, I know that I went through my period cycle in my masculine energy. I was super avoidant. Mm. I disregarded what was happening. I didn't listen to what my body was telling me. I would pop the pill and, you know, just hope for Mm. the best. And that was until I really had an awakening of going, something is not connecting and it's not aligning and I'm not sure what it is. So I started being curious and asking questions and, you know, listening to people out there that are doing the work of periods and understanding it. And then I realized, like, shit, I need to have a better relationship with my own period cycle because this is not helping me at all. (laughs) For me as well, thinking back, masculine energy, that is a really good way of framing it. I feel like the default for society is being male. So when you get your period, you're like, I'm not going to be like PMSing. I'm not going to like put too much thought and time into it. It's just a thing that happens once a month, get over it and then move on with the rest of your life. Like continue being normal, which is default male. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then I think I was mind blown when I found out that it's not just the bleeding phase Mm. of the period that is your period. It's, it's the full four week cycle that you go through. And I thought, what the heck? Like uh, there's other weeks to this. What are you talking about? And then once you actually understand the nutrients and ingredients that come with it for your body, right. you then are able to sink in so much more that you actually have more energy to do things. And don't get me wrong. There's moments where you're like, Oh God, this time of year is fun and games. But I know that for a lot of women that they're missing this connection and mm. really sinking with it, and they're planning around it and they're ignoring it. And that's where a lot of women get burnout. And that's where a lot, mm. a lot of women are exhausted. And they're also struggling in their relationships because they're like, I just don't get it. We're not connecting on a deeper level. So there's a lot of entities that do run around your period cycle and being able to understand and harness that as well. Right. And I think that is a beautiful segue into the book that you've brought in today, Period Power, which I have found really interesting and I've learned so much. I'm 30 three this week. I'm I'm learning stuff about my period, which seems so crazy because I've had it for over a decade. Don't know anything about it. So let's dive into what you were just talking about there, how your period is not just the time that you're bleeding. It lasts for four different weeks and we cycle through it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Just the basics? Yeah. And I know that everyone's cycle is a little bit different because especially for women, when it comes to stress and what you've been eating and where you are at in your own life. So I'm never going to talk about the days. Mm -hmm. I might give like rough sort of times, but do not look at this and think, oh my God, my period is all over the place. Let's just focus on the generalization of how the period will flow. And Mm -hmm. as soon as you get into this investigation, you'll then understand that if you tap into it, it will flow a lot more better as well. So when people talk about irregular periods, it then comes to a lot of reasons why people don't understand the cycles Mm. as well. So 
when it comes to the, the cycles, and I do love about period power is the book actually gives it in seasons and it really complements what a woman goes through when it, when it goes to the period cycle. So the week that you bleed, the period cycle, the menstrual phase, this is like your winter phase. And during winter, you know, we want to rug up. We want to feel like we're snug as a bug. We're taking care of ourselves. We don't go out socially as much as well. We really do keep to ourselves during this time. Now, the other part about this is there is a phase with your period cycle because you are releasing blood. I find this is a really ritual spiritual lens as well, Mm. that you need to be removing the toxins that have come up during that past month that you have had. So you need to be able to give the grace and time of actually releasing whatever is coming through as well. So during that that first week, it's so important that we are taking care of ourselves and looking into the symptoms as to why they are happening for that time as well. So obviously heat packs are highly recommended during that time because we want to make sure that our our period is actually feeling a bit more relaxed and that mm. what is funneling through is completely fine. But then also I find that sometimes during my period cycle, I get really turned on and I get really connected. And because there's such a taboo and shame around women having sex during Mm. their period cycle, you then feel like, oh, I'm, someone's not going to find me, you know, attractive. Someone's not going to want to connect with me because I'm bleeding and a man thinks that's disgusting. And we've really got to change that narrative Mm -hmm. because I know that there are some men that said, because there's... Um, extra fluid in there, they kind of get a bit more aroused and they actually don't Mm. last longer. But it's during that time that you need to actually be creating that feminine connection and still living into that sexy feel. Don't be wrong. There were like one or two days that I'm like, hell no, don't Don't go near me. I don't want anything to do with it. (laughs) So there's every woman has a different experience during that time, but the key part is just really connecting to yourself during that week mm-hmm. because we do spend a lot of time in winter just in our own thoughts and, you know, really secluded. So use that time as a beautiful time to replenish and just really focusing on yourself. The second week is in our follicular phase. So this is when we're starting to regenerate what is happening. So our the cycle of the egg is getting ready to like go again. So this week is something that everyone gets so excited on. They're like, oh, happy days. I don't have to wear a period, you know, sanitary product anymore. I can yeah. be free. And then they get so excited. They jump out of the bed. They're like, yay. <laughs> and it's a beautiful week because our mindset is actually relaxed during this week because we're not having right. that constant thought of like, oh, my God, am I wearing white jeans? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get leakage anywhere? Like, you we're- know, all those <laughs> we're actually like the tampon commercials where we're like, I have energy again. <laughs> I'm here again. <laughs> and then, but this week though, as much as I'm so encouraging of like going out and making the most of your time, it also is not planning your whole week and just condensing all your social situations within that week mm. because you've only just changed from a rural depletion week to just getting your energy started. So this week, I feel like it's more about getting your physical activity involved and getting your energy back up and really sparking in during that time. So it's just when people mix up with like, I've got to do everything under the sun because I'm now free from my period. That's where women really then realize that they're going to feel more deflated for the rest Mm. of their cycle. 
Now, obviously this week, you can go to town when it comes to sex. You are not going to get pregnant during this week at all. The egg is not in position. It's not ready to go. So post-period, if you're feeling, you know, sexy and you want to feel desirable, then go to town. This is a week, 100% go to town. The next week is in your ovulation week. So follicular was kind of like your spring mm-hmm. season as it referred to the book. So it's kind of like it's just sun to flourish. The ovulation is your summer. This is where like hot girl summer comes into play. You're like, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm feeling so good. Your skin, your hair, your body, you feel a little more skinnier. Everything just comes into flow. And you're thinking, damn, I'm feeling attractive. Mm-hmm. And you start desiring and having all these beautiful magnetic moments. Also, you can have your ovulation week where you feel like absolute crap mm. because your symptoms are not aligning and you're feeling super deflated and you're getting a bit of pain as well. That can be because of what you've had from the other previous weeks leading up to it as well. So there might be one time of your month where it is feeling so fine and you're feeling hot and sexy. There might be the next month where you feel like, oh my God, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. What's mm. going on? So summer for some people is out there and sporadic and some people get really sick during summer and they're Mm. indoors and they don't feel themselves. So I I give transparency on both sides because everyone thinks that these cycle weeks are always the same every month. The next month is going to be completely different. But as long as it's sort of aligning and syncing with the same weeks, that is fine. And then then you go down to your autumn, Mm. which is your luteal phase. Now this is the week that ladies... I am never going to say you're going to feel amazing during this week. Right. (laughs) This is the week where everyone is craving either that chocolate, they are craving that connection, they are just wanting hugs, they are wanting their manager to sit down with them and talk and tell them that everything's okay. We're so overwhelming in our headspace. This is, seriously, it's like the leaves are falling. It's like, oh, I'm like crumbling right now. Mm -hmm. So that is the week that we have to really make the number one priority of rest and being super compassionate to ourselves, doing mirror work, really Mm. saying to yourself, you've got this girlfriend, you know, you're so worthy, you're so enough and you are so beautiful because this is the week that we don't really want to put tight jeans on. We really want to have the flowy stuff. We're like, oh, I just don't feel my best. And a beautiful partnership Mm. will really help you during that week because that week you're probably not going to feel like an independent woman. You're going to feel like I need attention, I need some love, and I need a lot of it during this week. And then it just comes back to the same cycle again. So the seasons really do play at when it comes to a woman and how they are connected during their period cycle. But I think the key thing is you have to be connected to your own period cycle. Mm -hmm. That definitely is a generalization of the flow of where it goes. Mm -hmm. But then within that, there are definitely days that are going to be a little bit different and your ovulation could be earlier or later. So it all can then paraphrase into what is in alignment for yourself. So I think it's really an important thing that everyone knows about as well. Right. I've been feeling the effects of how important it is to connect in with this. And as you were talking about the seasons, the reason why we're having all these different feelings and we're cycling through this is because of our hormones. Our hormones are like getting us ready to ovulate, getting ready to have the baby. And then when we shed, you get different hormones, right? I was wondering if birth control affects these hormones and if your cycle is then different because you're using birth control, especially if you're using it over a long period of time. Yeah, this topic I'm very passionate about because when I realized what the birth hormone control pill is doing, Mm -hmm. it really is actually 
it's a massive band-aid to your symptoms. Mm. And when you are on the pill, you're actually having a withdrawal bleed. You're not actually having your period at all. So mm. what you're actually having is it's just removing any of the chemical bloods that are coming through to stopping you from having all the symptoms that are coming naturally to you. So mm. that's why so many people get off the pill your body goes into like freak out mode because it's like, oh my God, I needed that because it was stopping me from this. And then that's why people jump back on because they're like, whoa, my body just went spastic after it. I must, you know, have to depend on the pill. Mm. That's when if you have natural remedies that are concurrent to your system, Mm. whatever's going on with your hormones, if, for example, like I know I've got high um, estrogen, so then I actually have to need to have supplements that will complement that as well. Mm-hmm. Some people have higher testosterone. You know, you can have certain tests to be able to look after that. But once you know you're a little bit of a deep dive into understanding where your hormones are going, all you need is a natural remedy to be able to fulfill and to understand where the levels are. The pill is actually completely blocking off what's naturally happening mm-hmm. and subsidizing with withdrawal bleeds so that you're not actually really taking on board. Now, I know so many people that say, oh, I use it to protect myself from having a, a baby. Yeah. I know so many people that have been pregnant whilst being on the pill as really? well. So it is is a protective mechanism. It's still the number one or two highest, you know, avoidance of it. Mm-hmm. But so many women don't even realize that they may have polycystic ovaries, which is in mm-hmm. more of a, a struggle to be able to fall pregnant. And I know that's what I've got, which is a biochemical version of it. Some women don't even know about endometriosis. Like there's so Mm. many other ways that they think they're like, oh, the pill must be working. And it's like, have you actually checked to see firstly what you've actually got with your system, where the alignment of it happening is and how many maybe eggs you have as well? Because women, when they get past their 30s, they need to know about an egg count. I know I didn't do that myself, but it's just, it's fascinating to know which ones are mature and which ones are immature because the immature ones are going in and they're fueling your hormones and they're, you know, projecting all that unnecessary, you know, work in your body. Mm-hmm. But it's important that when you are planning to or not planning to have a baby, is that ovulation week is so important that you withdraw, you use protection, mm-hmm. you do what you need to do because sperm stays in there for five days. Mm-hmm. So it's still playing around in there whilst your egg is going to then fertilize and harness So that week is probably the only week that you need to be mindful of if you are having intercourse is to not let it go in during that moment. So I know that the pill has been a preventative for people, Mm -hmm. but it's only been a solution that doctors are like, well, yeah, this will work because it just blocks you off completely. And it's just easy for them to go, hey, just take this. It will be fine. You'll be all good. But it's not a natural remedy that's going to complement your body and we all should be very aware of like, if you, you know, inject, ejaculate inside, that's how it happens. So it's about having that boundary with yourself and going, I'm not in a place and I don't feel safe right now to bring a baby into this world. I don't want to, then I need to protect myself. And you both need to be respectful about that. And if you're not, that's when the issues come through and that's where people have, you know, babies that they don't really want. And it just becomes this big cycle. So Right. I, I feel like I'm, I don't want to scare people from just going, oh my God, I'm going to like drop the pill. Like, oh, this mm-hmm. is too much. If you are considering to stop the pill, please go see a naturopath to take this approach naturally because your body's going to go through a massive shift 
and you don't want your skin to really go kaboom. You don't want your symptoms to heighten. You really want to go through a natural way so that the symptoms don't just get you like a ton of breaks. Right. Like overwhelm you completely and then make you turn back to it. As you were talking there, it was making me realize how little we know as women about our bodies before we make a decision like that. Even reading through the book and they were talking about how the entire clitoris wasn't fully mapped out until like 1998 and how we don't realize the long-term effects of birth control. And we've just been like, I, I know most of my friends are on birth control because that's as teenagers, what we were told was the easy, like parents would bring their kids and be like, it's time to get your birth control so you don't get pregnant. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I found is when I was helping some teenagers, I would straight away say to them, do not jump on the pill. And straight away, they're like, okay, no worries. And like they, I, I was able to feed them that information, mm-hmm. but it does come down to parents being educated as well mm-hmm. about the importance of it. And as you said, women in general, just being able to be aware of it. I like, I'll never be able to, no one can ever go back and just go, I wish that mm-hmm. now I'm so glad that I'm having the relationship with my body now. And that's all mm-hmm. I can focus on right now is going, hey, I'm so much more connected. I'm so much more in alignment. That's a beautiful way and pathway. And don't get me wrong, there's still days in my period cycle. And I'm like, damn, Caitlin, are we okay? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And let's get back to those cycles because I have been tracking for the last 23-ish days. Um, since you've recommended the book, I've been making sure that I've been um, tracking. And I, I always knew that my autumn was going to be the season that I dreaded the most. And I just transitioned into it. And I, I realized it was actually the transition between summer and autumn that was really giving me anxiety. Like I was resisting going into my autumn. Now that I've passed that transition phase, I'm feeling fine. I feel like I after reading the book, they talk about using this time for like reviewing and editing and a uh, time to kind of use that inner critic to help yourself. Can you speak more to that transition and like how we can transition more gracefully? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that this part does become very overwhelming in our own mindsets. And mm. that's one of the things that when it comes to tapping into, as you said, when you've done your tracking, Mm. this is a time of actually us tapping into our feminine energy and being able to feel and know that it's okay. I know that I would love to give very floss and rainbows to everyone, like always feeling amazing. It's so good. Mm. But sometimes tapping into that discomfort and giving it compassion is so important. And actually just checking in with yourself and going, okay, I know I'm feeling really discomfort right now Mm. and that's okay. And as soon as you give yourself, you know, you might even say, um, I'm feeling discomfort and I love that. And as soon as we change our perception on how this negative Mm. feeling is happening, Mm. we then draw on like sort of the victim mode and we kind of go into like, I'm feeling this and I should have all the support and love in the world. And it's like, I get, I hear you girlfriend, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also finding compassion for yourself and saying, Hey, it's so fine that I'm feeling this way. Mm. Is there anything that I can do for myself that's going to ease the pain a little bit? Right. And when you have your little toolkit of little things, whether it's, I love my Panadol, I love popping those, you know, it's yeah. so fun that I have that. And even the naturopath said, go to town on Panadol. It's so good. And 
I think the thing that we keep doing is as soon as a negative emotion comes up, we get so mm. fearful of it and we think, oh my God, I'm feeling yeah. like this, I'm feeling like that. And that's why that jump seems so much is because we've gone from a happy, joyful time of summer and it's amazing, we're feeling sexy, and then we just go boom and we're like, oh, my God, last week was like, what the heck? And then right. even your partner's like, Where, where'd that person go? She was, <laughs> she was bubbly. Like, I don't understand. But it's having right. that passion to the both of you and being like, mm. ah, so we're in this week. Okay, what can I do to help? What can I do to ease the situation? Right. And also giving yourself the grace of using meditation mm. to be able to check in. But one of the things I like to do is, don't get me wrong, Sometimes when you meditate and you're in discomfort, it doesn't really work. You're like, I'm in a lot of pain right now. That's when I really encourage about like having feminine dancing to mm. be able to connect to yourself. It When you have discomfort, you want to be able to move and shift it as much mm-hmm. as you can. Now, I'm not saying to like drop it like it's hot and like get your Beyonce on during this time. <laughs> you can, damn, if you want to. Like I'm all for that as well. But if you can really find that soulful, slow music that really just gets to hips in a movement. Even if you type on Spotify, like Mm. central playlist, play that and just move your body in that rhythm. It then creates a bit of a spark and a bit of sexual chemistry Mm. that it overrides what you're feeling. Now, there's going to go like next level, but I find whenever I have discomfort and I want to nurture it, I actually mm-hmm. please myself in that moment. Mm. And I give myself that self-gratification and knowing that it's so fine to feel that because as soon as you take that sexual energy and you connect it, the pain kind of really changes into this like deceptive feeling. And it's like, oh, okay, I mean, it's discomfort, but I kind of like that at the same time. Mm. So it just changes that. So I would encourage masturbation during those discomforting times because it really then ticks you on and it makes you right. feel good. And if you create that space for yourself and you're connecting, then you're building that relationship even more. And it's not about it's not about sex during that time, if that's really not what you want, because I know that people are educated that, you know, penetration is the way. Hell no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's, like you said, <laughs> the clitoris, people didn't even know much about it. And there's still so many people that don't know about it. Like right. I was on another podcast and the guy was like, so this, is the G spot real? And I was like, Oh, we are. We are. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Um, so some people don't realize that there is a beautiful situation downstairs that we need to utilize in mm. ways, even when we're in pain as mm. well, because it really softens it as well. For sure. For sure. And a lot of things in that section where you were talking, but um, first off, I wanted to clarify what I was tracking during the period. So I'm tracking physical symptoms, uh, my emotional state, and then just needs and desires that I want in my life during that day. Um, And what you were saying about like self-gratification during times of pain, I was, I'm in Bali. So there's a lot of sex coaches walking around. And one of them said that they're that women desire different types of sex during different parts of their cycle. And I wanted to kind of get your take on that because you were talking about how in summer we're like feeling sexy and like we're out. So is there a specific type of sex that people tend to enjoy more during that time? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just say quickly with your tracking, mm-hmm. I would 100% um, get a basal thermometer, which is like mm. cheaper the chemist and just looking at your temperature as well. 
because that shows your level of drop when it comes to your ovulation and Mm. it shows your level of what's happening with your hormones because you've got a baseline temperature and Mm. then when you're able to fluctuate it's showing what's also going with your hormones as Mm. well so it's important that we also are looking at our temperature and you don't you do not have to like invest in like a machine that people are putting on to if you're someone that just needs a Something, just go to a chemist and get a basal temperature and it's so, so fine. So it's an, that's just a, a thing that's really important when it comes to tracking. But in regards to sex and your cycle, oh my God, <laughs> I love this topic because so many people are like, oh, I didn't realise. Mm. And that's why when people keep the vanilla same way and then the man thinks, okay, so last week, like she really enjoyed that. I'm going to do that again this week. And then you're like, I feel different. Like I just, that didn't work or it takes longer. And then you're like, oh God. So that's why I would like for women to realize that you have four different types of sex bodies that you really like. And Mm. it's all different ways. So it's kind of like you're having sex with a different person every time. You're like, "Mm, I'm this this time. And then I'm never vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing with, with your period cycle, if you remove the taboo, and shame around having sex during your period. Mm-hmm. I think that that is such a, a beautiful, spiritual, connected type of sex because mm. you're embodying yourself onto that person. And I know some people probably in the back of their minds going, this is so disgusting, you're thinking about that. And I was like, I get it, I hear you, but that's completely up to you. But that week is very much a, a spiritual, self-soothing connection. So that one I would think is definitely more of a sensual Mm-hmm. It's not the the kinky side of things. Right. But if anything, it's more energetic. It's more that connection, the, you know, touching, you can play with the clit, like you can do all these things on the outside that really stimulate that connection. Mm-hmm. When you come to your follicular, I feel like this week can encompass your sexual type. I am actually going through, as I'm saying this, I'm talking about the erotic blueprints. So the erotic blueprints are what you've had when you were younger. Mm-hmm. So there's... Um, sexual, energetic, there's kinky, there's sensual, and then there's shapeshifter. So mm-hmm. each one of us have, we ha- we had shapeshifter when we were younger and then all of a sudden our beliefs in our family have like protruded what's wrong. Like that's why so many people don't do kinky because they think that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Some people don't really understand sensual, so they think that they've just got to penetrate and keep going with sex. So that's a whole different um, part of it. But when you're in your cycle, with the follicular phase, you have a mixture of your your sensual, which is just kind of getting yourself back up to that feeling, and also yeah, your sexual. You can because you you're free from blood, so you mm-hmm. can you know. But it's not a it's not the ovulation, which is where your kinky can mm-hmm. be your next level. The tease, you know, you're really desiring for that connection and. You know, kinky's not always about like hitting and sacking and, you know, getting people out of the, you know, crazy world they think it is. It honestly can just be that resistance mm. and that tease and that real urge of like, oh my God, I really want right. you right now. Where if you do that any other week, it probably is going to take a little bit longer, but you're probably going to feel more in your own head of going, I don't feel desirable. I don't right. feel sexy. So that's why when you connect the two together, mm. it's like, Hell yeah. Like that's when your partner is going to always stem from a high sex drive. So they're always going to be like, well, we experimented amazing. And then when they think that the sensual, the energetic types, when they don't connect with that, Mm. we've got to find ways for them to connect 
on a high sex drive moment of thinking, oh my God, I just made her, I don't know, really enjoy that moment. I was going to say a word then, but I was like, mm, that kind of sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, we've got to change their mindset around mm-hmm. the different types as well. And then once you go past your ovulation week and you're in your luteal phase, this is 100% where it's just that that's sensual and you need a longer foreplay mm. to be able to really feel desirable and because you're tired. And right. I know women say, I'm too tired, I can't do this. Give yourself that chance of foreplay. Just give that that moment. And if you really are not firing and you're not changing, and you're not feeling a bit of, mm, then fair enough. You are absolutely exhausted. Right. Don't Don't push it. So we all have the different types of these erotic blueprints that play in sync with our cycle. Mm -hmm. So a man should feel like, hell yeah, I'm getting action no matter what week, rather than going, oh my God, that week she was really high up here Mm -hmm. and that connects with me. But some men don't realize that they also have an erotic blueprint as Mm -hmm. well. They've just been conditioned that I'm a man, I need to hit it hard, hit it fast, and that's the way to go. And it's like, no, 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 until they've (laughs) experimented and they've actually experienced the other, you know, blueprints, that's when they go, oh, okay, that felt amazing. I didn't realize I could do that. They're just like, I've got a penis, so I just got to use it. And it's right. like, no, 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 there's right. more to it than what you think. Right. I guess especially with the conditioning of porn, right? That's the summer phase of like, get it out, done. Yep, um, absolutely. So we need, I think we need more representation in porn for all the other different types of sex that we can have. <laughs> the funny thing with porn is they... They do a little bit of it, Mm -hmm. but you will never see a full episode Mm. of someone actually fully showing what it is. And I'm not saying he start doing that. That's why I'm here to educate to be able to change the way that things are happening. But it's, it's really fascinating. They'll give what the alluring situation, like let's just say those erotic massages, Mm -hmm. people really connect with that. But for a woman in her luteal phase, she might want an hour of that massage Mm. and just feeling so amazing within herself and just feeling the body and him complimenting her and making her feel so desirable in that moment. That could be it. And that could be like, oh, thanks, babe. Really appreciated that. And he'd be like, yeah, no worries. Happy to do that. I know I'm saying words and sometimes it doesn't go that way all the time. (laughs) We all go, yeah, that'd be amazing. But Caitlin, those words didn't come out of the mouth. But we're all manifesting those those moments and that's so fine. But yeah, when it comes to the condition of porn mm. for men, they are really restricted in that aspiration. And that's why I'm also trying to help men as well, mm. because men don't realize what they can actually do when they really connect. Mm. And especially I've even I've even helped some of my clients with men. I said, we need to reconnect to your breath again because mm. you've forgotten how to breathe and that's why you're not lasting longer as well. Mm. So you want to help your woman, you want to feel good, but you're not actually breathing properly. And so many people don't know how to breathe properly, even that finesse when it comes to sex as well. Right. And what you were saying about connecting to your partner, I, like my partner is very generous, but I still feel like I like he's lying to me. Like very honest person, (laughs) but I'm always like, but how could you possibly just want to give me a massage? And like, that's it. How could you possibly be gratified by that? But on the flip side, like I would be more than happy to do that for my partner. So it's, it's like a weird mind thing where I think I need to let go more and trust my partner when he says it's good. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's, to be honest, that's when it comes down to feminine energy mm. and just being able to feel and receive mm. and know that that's coming from a loving place as well. Because what's happened is so many women are conditioned to being this independent woman mm-hmm. and it's very masculine energy and it's like I've got to control the situation rather than actually just letting it be known and receiving as well. And this is a huge thing I'm working on even more so mm-hmm. than ever before is really just receiving what has been given. Cause don't be wrong. I was exactly the same. I had a guy that I was having some fun with and he would want to do the whole massage thing. And I'm like, at the beginning, I was like, hell yeah, like give my body, make it look and good. And then I was like, why does he keep doing it? And why <laughs> is it like that we're always doing the massage? And then he said, it's like, Caitlin, I love doing this and I love right. making your body feel good and I love being able to touch your naked body. I'm like, and I straight away was like, why? And I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> we need to change that narrative, girlfriend. That's beautiful that he wants to right. do that. So picking up on those moments and it's so fine to just realize that and go, wait, I need to really receive and like really say thank you because mm. a man loves when you really are like, thank you so much. So like, oh yes, I'm making it feel good. Amazing. I did it. <laughs> I did it. I did a good job today. <laughs> yeah. And that's all it is. It's like that love language that people don't realize that they have as well. Right. Okay. So I have a couple quick fire questions for you. So we were okay. talking about these different seasons and how we're basically very different people throughout our cycle. So I wanted to know which part of our cycle should we be doing certain things? So for example, first dates, when would be a good time to like get out there, meet new people? Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, when it comes to follicular and ovulation, so Mm -hmm. the second, third week of your cycle, Mm -hmm. I would 100% go during those times because I know luteal, you'll be pushing your energy and you Mm. won't be feeling at your best. And then period, to be honest, it, that's more up to you if you feel so strong about your confidence when it comes to your period cycle and you're like, damn, like I've got my period, amazing, feminine flow, woohoo, then like go out and have some fun. But if you still got that barrier, then I wouldn't recommend going out during that time because you're going to be Makes so sense. in your head and right. not present. So definitely second, third week, go have some fun. Amazing. And then what if you are like narrowing down your pool of people? Now you're like, I need to decide who I'm going <laughs> to spend the holidays with <laughs> what what season would that be yeah i think making when it comes to big decisions mm. definitely avoid the luteal phase because you are so overwhelming mm. in your own headspace so i would always say come to probably just after your period cycle so your follicular mm-hmm. week i would say that that's very much a decision time of like do i want to spend my time with them because i'm ready i've i kind of gotten Ask the period phase, I've detoxified. Am I ready to give them that space and capacity? Because mm. in two weeks' time, I'm going to second guess myself and I'm going right. to check to see if this person is like 100% on the scene. So you need to then make that commitment. And then when your luteal phase comes in, it's then reminding yourself, no, no, I'm giving this a chance. I'm giving this energy and I'm going to keep pushing through. You kind of then putting it down because it's going to test you right. like no tomorrow. So yeah, definitely. Um, during that follicular week, I would say any good decisions is making it then from onwards because you're going to be tested and then you'll know that gut intuition is going to be like, <laughs> ah, okay, they've not really proved themselves during this time. Right. That's a really good point. Like make the decision and then like wait until you come back to that week to be like, okay, now I can question it because 
Not during your autumn, definitely. Um, uh, no, definitely not. What if you are in a relationship and you want to bring up issues in the relationship? What would be a good week for you to be in that headspace? Yeah. To be honest, I actually think the most beautiful week is your period week mm-hmm. because you're already detoxifying what's coming into your body. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that that last little bits that you need to just get over and like move through. I I feel like you'll be very emotional during your luteal phase. So if you're, and don't be too hard on yourself, if you get to a point and you're in your luteal phase and you're like, I have to just say this, mm-hmm. just say it. It's so fine. But all I recommend is just have a breath and mm. just give yourself a little bit of time just before you word vomit because right. your initial response is going to be so irrational and you're going to be like, I didn't mean to say that. Oh God, no. And then now we're in this unnecessary petty argument. Ugh. Right. So just give yourself a breath, give yourself a little bit of time and go, okay, let me just reassure myself on what I'm trying to communicate here. Because when you are able to communicate effectively, that's mm-hmm. so important. But yeah, if it comes out, if you've you know had hot summer, but then all of a sudden a massive argument comes out and you're like, what the heck, as it happens, and then you lose your phase is next and you're super overwhelming and it's just spiraling. Right. But just give yourself, I would recommend journaling, mm-hmm. get all the crap out and just go, what's in my head? La, la, la. Okay. I've got everything out of my head. Now listen to my heart. Mm. What is it telling me from my heart? And then finally, what is it telling me from my gut? Mm. So just journaling those three parts, whatever comes out in your head, la, 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 la. then the heart, then your stomach, your gut, intuition, whatever you want to call it. Then you go and communicate what you actually want to communicate. Right. But yeah, I would recommend your period week because I think you're already kind of cleansing. You might as well get everything get else out. Get it all out. out. <laughs> next part of it. <laughs> For sure. And I, I've often when I'm entering that uh, autumn phase and there's a lot of stuff that comes out, the feeling is correct. I know that there is something bothering me, but I don't have all the logical reasons why. And I cannot communicate that. And without that period of, even if it's like a few hours of just like journaling it all out, my mind is a mess. How am I possibly going to communicate this to my partner in a succinct way that is helpful for our relationship? Um, okay. Next we have alone time. Like when is it time to like, just shut off social, uh, like don't plan any big parties during this week. To be honest, I think any time mm. of your period, because we all really need to take a break and switch off because I, I found that whenever I created those solo times, it's important that they are respected and honored. So you need to plan a time, whether it's, you know, I know so many people have busy schedules and I get that. If you can't do a solo weekend away, mm. do a dinner or a brekkie and just have that time where your phone is just like, see you later and just tuning into environment, tuning into what's going on around you. I think it's so important that every woman takes mm. a solo moment for themselves because as soon as you start asking friends, family for advice, it becomes overwhelming and you miss your why. And mm. then all of a sudden you've just created a belief that what they've said is ingrained into you and then you've communicated and projected what wasn't coming from you. It was coming mm. from someone else. So if you have any big things or you're super overwhelmed or super drained, just go find that solo time for yourself, ground yourself, whether you just put some your feet in the grass or the sand or whatever it needs to be, 
and just spending that time for you. Mm. It's so important and it's so much more healthier for your relationship, especially if you've got a male in your relationship, they need space and time Mm. as well. So you need to fill your cup up and so do they. And then once you've had that space away from each other, mm-hmm, get ready because it's like all <laughs> back together and it's exciting and we're feeling right. energetically good and you're right. replenished. So I I definitely don't think there's any time limit on when. Mm. I just think when it comes to your luteal, you probably won't want to go out and uh, yeah. yourself. You'll probably want to just chill. But if you can, that's also um, a really good time to test yourself in that discomfort and go, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself. Yeah. I know I'm in discomfort right now. I'm going to prove that I can really connect to myself another level. So it's a bit of a win there. Yeah. (laughs) And as you were talking about like going out by yourself, I've had a lot of female friends bring up the fact that they don't like going to dinner or like to breakfast by themselves because they feel really awkward. (laughs) I've felt that as well, but then found over time as you get used to it, because of course it's going to feel awkward. You've never done this before. You got to get out there, do it and you usually, I've every single time, usually walk out feeling good. Cause like you said, you have time to actually think <laughs> and be by yourself and be present with yourself. Um, yeah. 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 So many people, unfortunately, when they try things for the first time, mm-hmm. it's never great. Mm-hmm. If anything you do, it's never great. Cause it's, you know, you're so, going out of your comfort zone yeah. and that is fear getting projected right onto your face. The, the only way to grow and be able to feel good about it is to keep persisting and to show that fear and go, hell no, I know this is good for me and that is so fine. But you might just need a little bit of, like I said, a toolkit mm. to be able to keep pushing through. So let's just say the restaurants are not a vibe and you're thinking the whole time, I've just asked for a table for one. How lame, how boring, like that's just so sad. Well, okay, let's change that then. Maybe mm. don't go to a restaurant, go for a walk go to the beach, go to somewhere where you normally would see people sit on their own and it's so fine. So choose a space where it's accepted Mm. in society so that you can replenish and know that that time was beautiful and it actually was a magnetic event. Then you'll start to crave it a Mm. bit more. And then all of a sudden you'll get to the beach and you go, hmm, I need to eat. I'm going to go to a cafe and sit down and eat and it becomes less toxic of what your mindset was. So you've got to gradually do little things that seep away from that fear, but don't just go all rushing into a crowd of people and be like, I'm on my own. Amazing. Like, this is so good. Right. It's not going to happen straight away. I think it's when you're able to put gratitude in that moment, mm. it changes your perception of what that fear is coming up as. Right. And I love people watching as well. So yes. if I'm not thinking my own thoughts. I love watching and going, hmm, I wonder what's going on with them and right. what's happening to me. And then I'm smiling the whole time because I'm people watching. So I think you've got to create the different perception mm-hmm. on what's happening in that moment. So I completely understand people feeling that level of discomfort because of their own journeys and what's going through. Mm-hmm. And that actually is something that women need to actually tap into and asking, why is that triggering me? Mm. Why is that actually making me feel that way? And when you find the answer of really tapping in, you go, oh, okay, well, I can prove that. Yeah. I can I can show that to myself. Definitely. So a lot of women do get stuck in that, that mindset when it comes to trialing the solo dates and they do see other people 
showcasing on, you know, social media, their amazing solo date. It's like, no, create your own. What Mm. fills you up? What do you want to do for yourself? Yes, people are showing you to remind you that you need to do it, but don't follow what they're doing. Do something that actually makes you feel alive as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as we've been talking about the period cycle, you just realize how many different aspects of your personality come out throughout. And I think that's part of the reason why women are in this constant state of growth, right? You see the women who have retired. My mom has like taken up cooking, like taking up Zumba. She's doing all these different things. And I think that's while it is very tumultuous as at times to go through, it's also a beautiful part of womanhood and something that I think we could all connect with. Um, so thank you so much for bringing up this topic and teaching me so much about my own period cycle. Um, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can definitely reach out to me um, through Yugo Girlfriend. That is the name of the business one. And I know if there's any men that were listening and tuning in, I also have the male version, which is called Yugo Bro. So those two entities are to try and help bridge the gap on a lot of, you know, those beautiful topics. Mm-hmm. And also just know that the the space there is to be able to ask any questions and to know from that. Because I know when people ask those personal questions, I can then help them and seek them out during that and be getting really um, specific on that idea as well. So yeah, you can definitely reach out all social media as well. That's um, yeah, that's all the joys of it all. <laughs> yeah. And I'll make sure to link it all. So it's really easy for people to access, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much about very important topics that we do not have enough information on. My absolute pleasure. And I hope that if anything, you just get to connect more to your period cycle and you find that you're just going to be flourishing because your friend, you deserve that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode and any other that you've listened to this season. I've learned a lot over the last 34 episodes and I can't wait to explore some new topics. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, we'll be moving on from romantic relationships. There is an infinite amount that we could explore there, but there's also so much more I want to learn outside of it as well. I was going back and forth on the topic and what I wanted to explore. And while I do plan on doing a season exploring familial relationships and mental health, they also seem kind of similar to romantic relationships. Season two of Self Help Junkie will self-indulgently be addressing some of the existential crises I've been handling throughout the year. The topic, inspiration, motivation, and finding your purpose in life. It's a working title, so if anyone has a better one, let me know. I want to get philosophers, neuroscientists, coaches, entrepreneurs, adventurers, and other passionate people to explore their journey to see what we can learn from their expertise. If you're interested in learning with me, make sure to follow the podcast. Bye!